a disastrous solar event in 2019 and 2020 leaves the world devastated. Only a small pocket of human survivors scratching out a living in a bleak, irradiated world. The world of dark wind. Dark Alright everyone, my name is Taskmaster Piece of the Thug Matrix. I'm JD Basher of the Gear Jammers. And today we're joined by... Sam, here from the Cambridge Crushers, although you probably haven't met me in the game. This is the Sam, ladies and gentlemen, the developer of Darkwind. We have a bunch of questions gathered from, from the users that JD and I have assembled, mostly JD. I haven't had a chance to, to jump on this week, actually. These are some great questions that we have questions we've always wanted to know we finally get to put you over the fire here sam so there's no one sentence answers this time you know uh like oh darn (laughs) (laughs) all right the first question uh i'll start with my question first and then uh okay i'll start with my question my question is best case scenario sam when can we expect Uh to see cycles in the game um, yeah, cycles are an interesting one. There's a bunch of things that have always been intended in the game, which yet have never made it quite to the top of the list. Um, and cycles will be one of them. Best case scenario, I would say three or four months. Worst case scenario could be over a year. I don't know. They'll certainly be in before trucks or you know articulated big rigs will be in because the physics is much simpler to put it in. Um, I had to wait until after we had pedestrians, of course, before I could do cycles, which is one of the reasons they were delayed so long. So, yeah, in answer, best case, hopefully three or four months, but realistically, I doubt that. After hearing about that trucking, that brings a big tear to my eye, you know. I've always always wanted them trucks, but I can wait, you know. Yeah, here's the, here's the other thing about trucks. Sorry, the the Darkwind roads. Obviously, as you know, Viking has had a big influence on the way things look in the game. He's he's developed all the wilderness maps and all that. Those roads aren't going to hold very big vehicles. So part of my thinking about big rigs is, you know, where would they actually drive in this game? Because a lot of those roads, you know, the, the 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 two axles that we have are the largest vehicles that might be used on it. So that's that's kind of an aside. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with you because the, the lorry itself is a handful on any of those roads. Well, okay, um, here's my first question. Um, we all know you're an avid gamer from most of the posts that you've given us, um, but can you first tell us a little bit about yourself, like your uh, your home life or your teaching credentials? Oh, okay, yeah. Good question. Um, I live in the west of Ireland where it rains a lot. And uh, I'm married in my late 30s with two kids, two boys, in fact. They're uh, almost five and almost seven. So uh, they keep me very busy. I'll bet. Um, <laughs> so uh, teaching credentials. Yes, you obviously you obviously know what my, my day job is there, JD. Um, I work in a university. Uh, we call them lecturers here. You'd call them professors. Um, we use the term a bit differently. So I'm a lecturer in, in information technology, as as probably isn't a surprise. And I teach, well, again, what I teach is programming and graphics programming. So no surprises there either. So, so um, is, is it you, uh, you have a PhD in this? 
Yeah, it's yeah. My my PhD is actually in in IT and archaeology. Well, yeah, it goes. But well, my original degree was actually archaeology and English computing. You couldn't really do in Galway at the time. And I'm I, I'm very lazy when it comes to travelling. I'm a kind of a stay-at-home type. So uh, I did archaeology. Then I moved into IT. I I was a self-taught IT person. I have to say, I've been using. I've been programming since I was about 11. Um, right? All my, yeah, all my IT skills are self-taught. Um, some might say hacker. <coughs> so, uh, cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, so after I did my master's, which was in IT, uh, I then basically got to pick what I wanted to study myself and what I wanted to continue through into my research. I did aerial photography um, and image processing of aerial photography for archaeology. So there, there you are, IT and archaeology. Aerial archaeology is something else another, a lot of people haven't ever heard of, but there you go. I have a question, Sam. Regarding your teaching, are any of, have any of your students ever played Darkwind? I'd say a few, yeah. Um, I, I've been very careful about publicizing it in case it would be seen the wrong way. You know, I have, obviously I have a website where students would get my course notes and all that stuff, but I've, I've been very cautious, really. <laughs> so not many of them know about it. Yeah, I can see the conflict of interest thing going there. Yeah, it's not worth not worth the risk for obviously what would be minimal value anyway. So now speaking of minimal value, Sam, uh, <laughs> Flaming Savage has a question uh, regarding bringing some things of minimum value back to town. His question is worded as such: He, sa- uh-huh. he asks, "When trailers are added, will we be able to add a tow rope or chain so we can pull cars with no engine back to town?" It's a nice idea. It's actually one that has not occurred to me before. Yeah, I don't see why not. I, there's, there's an awful lot of nice ideas out there. That's that's part of the thing, as as you know. And if you look at the suggestions and discussion forums on the website, there's two years plus of good ideas. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's certainly a good idea. Trailers, of course, would fit in to the same category as uh, articulated lorries. Um, there, there's physics to do first. I would think the tow chain would be a little easier to implement other than, you know, making a big trailer. Yeah, well, I, I think it's the same issue. You need to have, you'd have constraints between the two rigid bodies in the physics. Whether, whether it's a rigid constraint or a flexible constraint, it's something that doesn't yet exist in the game engine. That's the problem. Um, is that you, you've got two, two rigid bodies both acting under physics, yet there's an additional parameter between them. And that's, that's yeah, the thing I need to figure out. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to pull apart or come close together. They'd have to be yeah, separated okay, yeah. by a... Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know the way Car Wars did it was was a, a kind of a an easy simulation or workaround of that, but that wouldn't really work in a proper physics environment. <laughs> yeah. Another question for me is, uh, when did the light bulb above your head light up and you said, aha, I'll make a game? <laughs> Uh, I like the way you put that. The the smart Alec answer would be when I was about five. I've actually been I've been making games all my life, actually, and I've 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 rarely been in a situation where I haven't been planning one. When I was a small kid, I used to I used to make little board games for myself, little, all these cutout bits of paper and these crazy rules and dice stuff. We we got our first home computer when I was eleven, I think it was. So it was it was a very natural thing to start making computer games. And as I already said, that's when I kind of taught myself to program as well. I think it was. Very very easy in 
those days to get into that stuff because there were so few games around. But I, that's, that was kind of my tradition then, is to write games that I wanted to play because, they, they, I don't know, games that you can buy have, ne- have never quite done exactly what I wanted, really. So it's really a continuation of that. So I've always been writing games. Dark, when did I specifically... Darkwind I've been planning since about the year 2000 I would say the, I, the one I did prior, prior to that would have been an Amiga game uh, which is the mid 90s I was kind of busy in the late the late 90s I wasn't really writing games there, there's a couple of periods where for a few years where I wasn't doing much with, with regard to games I was doing other things but uh, uh, I yeah. can relate to that most of the 80s I didn't do much of anything <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a period between when I was 17 and 22 where I was more interested in beer and girls, of course, for example. But uh, other than that, I got back to it again. <laughs> All right. Okay, how about another one from you, Task? From Longo. Hypothetically, you're scouting down south and you get a PvP encounter. Who would you not like to see on the other end of those guns facing you? <laughs> yes. Nice one. Um... Uh, there's a couple of loaded parts to this question, isn't there? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you say I'm scouting, so straight away that's me. Well, first of all, there's actually very few PvP players we have. People that will actually attack you if you ask them not to. We've quite a few who probably would conduct in PvP if it was consensual. But there aren't many who'd actually attack you if you weren't willing. And there's probably even less that would attack me if I wasn't willing. So there's several levels to that. Um, so I'd have to say we've we've had two or three... Um, self-confessed PvP players. I'm not sure if any of them are still playing right now. Those are the people I wouldn't like to meet because they're the only ones who I think would actually attack me. I have to do Longo justice and I have to demand that I get a name out of you, Sam. I need. He wants to know a name. Like, who would you not like to see on the other end of those guns? Oh, there was... If I can remember his name. Lord Humongous. I never actually oh, yeah. got to play him. He, he seemed to be a fairly serious character. And he... Uh, I'll say. He managed to humble a couple, couple of vets, I think, didn't he? He humbled me. Wow, where Did is he? he? Can he come yeah. save us now? <laughs> oh, yeah. He shoved, he shoved that humble pie straight down my throat. <laughs> but he seemed to be a nice guy as well, which is good. Humongous. There you go, Longo. Lord Humongous. In fact, I think we've never had a griefer in the game. Griefer? <laughs> to, my, to my knowledge. Someone that'll just attack people for, for the pleasure of knowing that you're hurting them. Yeah, okay. Because he wasn't. He was doing it for role-playing reasons. I'm pretty sure of that. At least against me, that's what the, that's what the case was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, JD, you're up. Yeah, uh, the second part of Longo's question is kind of goes in with this uh most of us look to our wingmen for support when we go out on scouts who would you prefer to be on your side in the hypothetical event posted above uh that's the more straightforward answer i guess um <laughs> not wanting to show favorites or anything but in the evidence i've seen i'd have to say alocalypse um has been the most successful player so I'd have to say Alocalypse there's plenty of other guys that'd be good too Dr. Matthias my colleague in war and combat wants to know do you have any time to actually enjoy your creation of Dark One? As well, I haven't lately. I I actually used to play quite a lot more than I do now, as JD can probably remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah, back 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 in the the alpha and beta periods, I used to play quite a lot. It hasn't been a conscious decision not to. I I, I find myself with less time, although I don't know why, because I never had that much. There's several answers to this. 
one thing is I suppose when, when the game being fully commercial I have responsibilities to deal with bugs primarily that has to be the first thing that I do before I even play although that's not really the right answer either because I spend an awful lot of my time developing new stuff so a second answer to that might be I actually enjoy developing the game as much as I enjoy playing it even though the, the whole thinking behind the game is to make a game that I would most like to play I'm still I suppose more than anything I'm a, I'm a computer programmer who loves to program as the, it's the thrill of inventing I do intend to play a lot more I've always intended to I keep telling myself I will sometimes I have little excuses for not doing it such as our broadband connection at home is pretty dodgy in the summer there's a big there's a big tree in our front garden that uh, <laughs> way it, it gets covered in leaves as they do in the summer and yeah, makes our wireless connection a bit flaky so uh, that, that was my excuse the, the other thing is I, I actually really like the, the town events I know a lot of people don't it's pointless to enter a league unless you can be there for every single week of it as everyone knows and it's just the way things have turned out I've been away I haven't been at home for a consistent period to actually enter a league so I haven't bothered at all um, there are a couple of leagues this season that I want to enter for example the second pedestrian combat league and also the autumn leagues you know I was going to mention uh, about that your love of programming it, it it shows in the quality of the game that you produced on with Darkwind <laughs> I've been continually impressed by the work that you've put out. Thank you, JD. That's nice of you to say. Yeah, I, I, I've co-signed that statement as well. Now, Dr. Matthias uh, has a follow-up question. He asks, uh, if we promise not to bug you with the technical issues every time you log in, would you play more? <laughs> I'm actually not put off by the technical issues. That's probably the way it seems, because more often than not, the reason I'm in the lobby is because there's a technical issue. I'm actually quite good at shutting things out. If I actually come into play, I will play. You, you, you get these certain skills from having kids and stuff, you know, being able to concentrate even though there's noise around you. No, no, so it's, that isn't what's putting me off. But thanks for asking, Dr. Matthias. Yeah, from uh, Jimmy Logan, he wants to know, um, did you expect Darkwind to be so popular? I mean, the lobbies occupy 24-7. Hmm, that's interesting, interesting. I didn't know what to expect. I would actually hoped it would be more popular than it is. I still have strong hopes that it will become more popular. It could have ranged from being a total flop to being a runaway success with 20 servers online, etc. We're somewhere in between. I, I, I had a kind of a ballpark success criteria which wasn't outrageous and we're not there yet we're about 20% of the way there oh that's not um, bad at all it's not really no uh, considering there's been no coherent marketing and I think one of the big problems is the GUI I know people have said this to me lots of times and I've I've buried my head in the sand a bit because I enjoy developing new content new gameplay rather than spending my time polishing the GUI. Right. I've been gradually coming around to thinking that polishing the GUI is probably a more sensible thing to be doing to capture new to capture new players, to stop them disappearing. Because adding new features isn't going to isn't going to capture any more players. There's loads of features already, enough to get people interested. Say that's a fact. I mean most of the people that I've seen come into the lobby either don't have the patience for a turn based game or yeah. they're just well. yeah, they're just in there to, you know, to slam the lobby as much as possible and see how much you know focus they can bring on themselves other than playing the game yeah well I think obviously those that aren't interested in turn-based games are never going to be interested in Darkwind that's fair enough it it should be possible to still let them know why it's turn-based and for them to see the value of that and it's about it's about marketing that in the right way to them I've actually been having some very interesting conversations with a few people Valiance I have to name 
Valiant knows the gaming industry and I've had some chats with him I think they're going to help things they help, they're going to help focus me so I won't bury my head in the sand as much if, if nothing else that'll be a good thing um, and also Alocalypse again he's, he's got so many good suggestions and ideas and he, he's mocked up some GUIs and stuff which have got me thinking as well so th- this is something I'm going to be focusing on in the next couple of months yeah some of the additions that Alocalypse put in there like the the car uh, profiler that, that was yeah. a fantastic idea Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a talented guy, I think, because uh, he just comes up, he pops up with stuff from different directions, like new skins. There's graphic skills. You know, the, the camp designer, the car designer, that's programming yeah. skills. Then he comes up with this kind of gooey concept, so there's kind of design skills there as well, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Very useful. Well, here's the second part of Jimmy Logan's question. Um, how popular would you like Darkwind to be besides the quit your day job kind of popular? How popular would I like it to be? Okay. Uh, let's say about the same as World of Warcraft, yeah? <laughs> well, matter of fact, I just saw an, an ad on their, on TV or something like that about World of Warcraft. Ten million subscribers. Yeah, that'll do. Well, you'd say how would I, how would I like it to be popular, yeah? Um, realistically, how popular would I like it to be? Let's say talking realistically. Um, if there were several hundred people in the lobby playing, that would be... That would be success in my eyes. We actually peaked at around 50. I don't know if anyone's aware. This is one of the things I actually logged behind the scenes. There, w- there was a peak in membership in January, February this year. It seemed to be coincide with the winter, I suppose, more than anything. But also the, the mention that we had in Games for Windows magazine was one of the factors. Uh, we peaked at 50, which is pretty good. <laughs> That's um, not bad at all. Yeah, but if if there was a few hundred, I think a lot of the gameplay mechanisms would start to work much better, like the PvP and the scouting stuff, and you know meeting people on the road. You know, all the races and death races would have enough people in for them to be real fun. I think a lot of things would kind of snap into place better. In the last podcast, one of the questions you asked towards the end was you were asking people what they'd like to see in the game, which is not that yet, which is not there and which has not been mentioned. Parapsycho was talking about having the lobby be more of a kind of a 3D chat room and being able to walk around the towns. This is one of the things which I actually intended way back on day one, but which got brushed aside because it was minimal relevance to the core game. As part of this recent concept of making the game better for new players, imp- improving the new player experience, as we say, um, I'm actually strongly considering this. It's not as much work as it might sound. Okay, that's always a risky thing to say. It'll turn out to be months of work. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like to I like to see the lobby being a 3D Dexter's actually. You arrive into the lobby as a 3D character. You walk around it. There's other characters in there. There's tables in there. Okay, tables are the same as chat channels now. So you won't see the chat in the table. There's the kind of scalability of it. You have to actually join the table. When you join the table, suddenly it's the chat in the table that you see. We could also extend that to have multiple rooms. We could also extend it to have multiple taverns. So not just Somerset, but also the other towns. That's a really okay. good we could idea. Also, yeah, also starting to add part of, the, part of the interface that's in the lobby and even in the wider website could be started to add in there. For example, there could be a board on the wall which would give you a list of upcoming events you know there could be you could go out to the mechanic shop and start to perform some of the routine activities out there the reason i shied away from all this is because it was so much work initially making making it website driven was much easier but again that's that's something i'd love to do so i have been thinking about it parapsycho it's it's interesting because the idea only came up a week a week or a week or two weeks ago again it was initially part of the game design four years ago but uh (laughs) 
put on the back burner of your uh, your full 3D binder of to-do list? Yeah. <laughs> We're up to about 60 pages, yeah. My next question is from Nekogen. Uh He asks, and it's a two-part question, what are your... What is your official stance on Torrance in Darkwing? And his second question is, do you feel that they don't fit the current Darkwing game world, or they're just a technical hurdle to overcome? Okay, interesting. This is a very specific question. There's been a lot of philosophical ones. The specific ones are much easier to answer, actually. Turrets are something that I always planned to have, actually. I know they've come up again recently as a topic of conversation. But if you've been around long enough or want to dig deep enough in the forums, you'll see that they have been discussed before. My official stance is, yeah, they'd be a good thing to have. I did, I did always originally plan to have them. They just never seemed... You know, it's priorities. They, uh, they, never, they never hit the top of my list in terms of adding new gameplay, um, in terms of the effort involved. I did have concerns about the effect they would have on gameplay because at its best, a, a combat in Dark Wind, of course, is a bit like a ballet where you're dancing around the other cars trying to get the right side facing and trying to stop a particular side of your enemy facing you. And that's, pre that's pretty tactical. My, my concern was that turrets would destroy that with a 360 degree firing. However, this is something that we actually discussed about a year ago or even more than a year ago in the forums. And I think a way around that would be to make the turret have quite a slow turning speed, maybe 25 yeah. degrees per move, something like that. But certainly yeah. not like Car Wars, where you, I think in Car Wars you can just fire in any direction at any time which really is a bit of a, a gameplay breaker, you know? So, yeah, my official stance is I, I don't see that they're outside the mechanic of the world. We have technologies as advanced as that. I know there's been some people saying things are a little bit out of line here and there. But, uh, no, that's, that's basically it with turrets. Okay. JD? Well, I was going to say something about the turrets. One way would be to make them so bulky that they take up almost every every weapon space in in the car yeah and, and that way you would have to either rely on the turret itself yeah you know but that's neither here nor there well that could work except in a very large vehicle i suppose it still wouldn't be a handicap yeah like a, true. A, a lorry for example but yeah there's various mechanisms for balancing the gameplay of them yeah for sure Okay, um, here's a question. Uh, actually, it's a pretty long one, a four-part question from Lugal. Uh, the first part is, uh, what aspects of Darkwind are you most proud of? It's actually very hard to pinpoint any one thing if he's talking about a particular gameplay mechanic or something technically. There's, there's a lot of aspects that I think are pretty cool. There's a lot of aspects that took a lot of work, but no one stands out. If, if anything, it's the, it's the whole game, to be honest. It's bringing something through from the initial ideas back in around the year 2000. I was several years thinking about them in a kind of a part-time capacity. Actually seeing those things implemented and seeing people enjoying them. Okay, as, I, as I've hinted at already, what this yeah. is all about is about seeing people. It's, it's about adding something small to the world, I suppose. Adding some, yeah, that's that's fair enough. You know, I I, I tend to agree with you on that one. It's it, yeah. It's, it's the, the there's a number of aspects of Darkwind which are totally original. For example, I spent quite a bit of time thinking about how time would work. Eh? I had I had very strong ideas about trading, and I, I I thought trading could not work unless it took time to travel. Simple as that. I've, I used to play Ultima Online a lot, for example, and oh, me too, had, me too. They had 
Yeah, it was a great game. They yeah. they had all this beautiful scenery, which was totally irrelevant because you could teleport. I was like, what? You know, in my in my view, that you know, in one fell swoop, got rid of the relevance of all that scenery got rid of the relevance of chance encounters with people, got rid of the possibility for trading. So the, I had very strong um, need to not have that kind of stuff. So I wanted travel to take time and effort and be dangerous. The whole economic <laughs> behind the game had to be based on that. Mission accomplished, right, KD? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, in a heartbeat, yeah. It was de- <laughs> definitely mission accomplished. Oh, boy. Yeah, but in order to get that to work in, in a way that could still be playable, it involved some creative managing of in-game time. So, for example, as you know, it takes a number of hours to travel between towns, yet you will have encounters during that. How was I to handle that? So the idea of basically allowing you to play out your encounters at any time, but not being allowed to arrive until you'd played them all out. All These right. are the kind of creative uses of time that I was, I was quite proud of, I guess. I love that. I love that fact, because I can set up a mission one day and let it run. It's 32 hours or whatever it takes, you know, and I'm not, I'm, well, I'm constrained by time, but I'm not forced into a certain time frame to get it uh, to, yeah. to get it yeah, online it and do it. Yeah, so there's a few things like that, which I'm quite proud of. But as I said, it's, the, it's really the overall game. There's no, there's no specific thing I could pick on. All right. Uh, second part from Lugal. He wants to know uh, in what ways has the game surprised you as as it has grown? In some oh. ways, some things that haven't surprised me, but, but yet I'm very pleased about. I can see people have made friendships that they wouldn't have otherwise have made. This is to be expected, but it's still a cool thing. Like you, you two guys, for example. You know, right. if it wasn't for Darkman, you never would have met. That's cool. That's, that's, that's part of the pleasure for me. But it's not a surprise I know about the internet I know the internet does this in what ways it has it surprised me I'm surprised about the number of different gameplay styles that there are you know we, we, we run from people that like to solo pretty much to people that just like to go out and scout in a big bunch and have a laugh while, shoot, while, while shooting the enemy we, we've had a few people that like to PvP we've got some people that are very competitive We've got other people that aren't competitive. And yeah, that surprised me in a way. Because game design was always in terms of what I personally would like, I guess. So there's there's a kind of a divergence there when I see other people's preferences and likes coming into it. And that leads into his third part of the question. Then there is only one more part, so you can rest easy. Uh, what what is what was the hardest part of designing and running your own game? The hardest part would be, I suppose, the time that it takes. I've I've learned loads of stuff technically. But, you know, there, there's been nothing there's been nothing that's been a complete stumbling block. But yet I've learned an awful lot of stuff. You know, I've, I wasn't using Linux. I never used Linux two years ago. There was a bit of soul searching when I was deciding whether or not to use it as the server because I was a bit afraid of it. But it's cool. It's a really good operating system. But the, yeah, there's loads of stuff I've done in the game which were difficult. I've noticed the same. You know, I I come across some little bitty idiosyncratic things in the game and I'll say how in the world did Sam come up with this idea when Mm. there was so much else going on around him that geez I mean just the small things are incredible Sam thank you Um, well you've you've, you've hit on something there as well which is how do I do it while there's so many things going on and that's probably the big that probably is the hardest part of designing and running my own game it's it's trying to balance all of the different requirements. Okay, on the one hand, I have to try and minimize and fix problems and bugs. Number two, I have to try and, um, I'm always trying, as you probably know, to drive forward the big, the big game plan. 
in terms of right. things that I want to develop. But yeah, a, a lot of the things in the big game plan are several months pieces of work, you know, like adding pedestrians. Um, and it, it's very hard to keep focusing on them while there's all other things going on. And there's lots of, there's lots of other good ideas bubbling up all the time many of which grab my attention and take a week away from the big picture you know so it's, it's, it's managing all that stuff really which is which is difficult as, as, a, as a you know as, as a lone ranger as we call it although there is good reasons for me being a lone ranger as well I I don't know if this is going off the point maybe maybe you want to edit this out or put it into a different section I don't know no no anything but, you say I don't want to edit it out dude please go uh, <laughs> um, yeah it's, well, I suppose it's a question that somebody could have asked, but I don't think anybody has asked, which is why why am I doing this on my own? Um, partially, I'm not doing it on my own. I have help from a number of people. Um, but I suppose the main work is done by me. Um, I had a number of difficult business ventures over the last 15 years or so. Um, and something I've learned about me is if I'm in a, in a, in a business venture with some other people and those other people are not pulling their weight or are not doing things right or are you know have different ideas to me I will start to resent the whole venture <laughs> I didn't want doctrine to be something I'd resent I didn't want to have somebody else owning 50% of it and then going away and doing nothing because that would really destroy it so it was very much a case of saying do it on my own and there's no risk well, that sounds, tough, you know, yeah, that sounds like a, a deal that um, poor Steve Jackson had to go through. Yeah. Now I can recall. Um, I can recall another game that I used to play before when it was independent. It was um, made by a small company. It was called Infantry. And eventually, right. eventually, I don't know if you are you familiar with that game by any chance? Never, never heard of it. No, sorry. Well, eventually, Sony came along and purchased the game. Uh, the community was excited, and this was around two thousand one, uh, mm-hmm. ninety nine between ninety nine and two thousand one. The, the uh, community got really excited because we all felt that the game was going to be funded. All of this stuff that was in beta was finally going to get the funding. And not only did did they um did they put a really big price tag on it, but they pretty much left the game alone. They they never did anything to it, and it, it's exactly really? what you just described in your scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, yeah, the, the, get get up, upping the stakes by getting an external investor involved is on one level something which seems an obvious thing to do, but on another level, is very risky. Investors, yeah, it's, it's the risk involved in bringing other people in who have an ownership is that it's upping the stakes you know you're you'll be required to bring in a certain income otherwise the whole thing will collapse basically um so the way i'm doing it is very much a, a, a zero risk not just low risk but zero risk i'm i'm not depending on the income in any way nobody else is either <laughs> so uh this is the i suppose the the best way i could see of making of minimizing the risk of things going wrong. And that's Sam, the same. It's the same. Sam, there, Sam I, I don't I don't imagine that you're a comic book reader, but there's a character by the name of Doctor Strange. He was a surgeon, the best surgeon the world knew. And he got in a car accident and he, he lost the, the use of his hands. He was unable mm-hmm. to perform surgery again. He ended up becoming the most powerful mystic in the universe. Sam, I don't want <laughs> you to become a mystic. I want you to remain a surgeon. 
uh, if, <laughs> in, in, in the event that um, that you're sick, you catch the flu or uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or, or your computers, it, something disastrous happens. Is there any way that um, that someone can continue to to uh, to maintain the game uh, in the event that you're you're unable or, or unwilling to to keep it moving? <sighs> Ooh, well, if I got sick or my computer died, that wouldn't be a big problem. Um, I can go away. It's, it's pretty stable. Um, you know, there are little bugs, but um, there's no showstoppers most of the time. I mean, the reason bugs come in is because I'm always changing it, of course. Um, if I was to get really sick and I was, like, in a coma for six months or something, um, it would be very hard for somebody else to bring it forward. Um, if I was to get run over and die, the... Uh, I guess we'd give the game to Viking and see what he could do with it. <laughs> he'd, I, I, th- I think he, I think he'd probably be able to uh, assemble a team to continue it. I think he would too, but he'd probably pull out what Harry's has left. <laughs> he'd have you all dead for a start. He'd go right. Things are not nasty <laughs> enough in here. <laughs> all right, Jake, you're up to bet. Oh, did I uh, ask that last question? No, I didn't, did I? Which one? Okay, the last one from Lugol. Um, I, I knew Lugol would do this to us. Yeah, I had a feeling. That's a great question, too. Oh, my gosh. Do you have any other plans for another MMO genre game or straight to CD category? Um, I have to say, at this time, I don't have any, any major plans for another game. Um, Darkwind has a lot of stuff I still want to do in it um, and obviously I don't want to even be thinking about any other games while that's happening yeah it's um, taken up on life of its own hasn't it yeah well you'd expect that from an online game you know it's, I think a straight to CD as Lugal calls it is a, a much simpler concept where you have a start line and a finish line whereas an MMO as, as long as it's as long as it's doing reasonably well justifies continual work and yeah. and that's fine. And that's I, I, I think I get much more. Um, I get much more out of it by di- in a in a scenario like that. Anyway, so that's cool. Sam, I'm no marketing genius, but I was just hit with the idea that um, a straight to CD version where you're just going into the arena or you're just doing a death race, um, and it's available free download. Uh, I think that would be an excellent way to introduce people to the game to have them initially play. You know. Uh, mm. just, you know, just an in- initial introduction to the game. I was just gonna, like, I, I was going to mention that um, Darkwind's so open ended. How could you get it uh, straight to CD? I mean, there's there is actually no end to the game. No, but I, I'm talking yeah. just arena. I'm talking just arena in my in my straight my straight to CD scenario as a marketing tool. You're talking Darkwind Light. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and again, this is this is one of the things, not that specific idea, but things like this I've been discussing with Valiance and other people. Um, how to make the new player experience as good as possible, really, is what you're talking about. How to get them a flavor of it so that they're not so they don't get completely lost in the detail and confused and scared and bored. Um, if you can actually target them into something that's very easy to get into and will actually give them the essence of the game then that has to be a good thing and uh, I, I you know I've been thinking about these things more as I said earlier I, I, I spent I've spent the last year or so with my head in the sand because I I did a lot of thinking about 
how to improve the new player experience and it was difficult and it was much more fun to develop new gameplay that's what I like doing I'm a game designer um, but I'm coming around to thinking that I really have to spend a bit of time at the new player experience so don't be surprised if arena combats become much more seamless good deal Jay, do you have any more questions well actually I was going to ask you to, to ask my third question because that's I think that's all we have alright Sam I have a question here for you did you mm-hmm. expect the game to take all of your free time I mean it must be a strain on you and um, and you must not have time to spend with your little your your two kids, uh, with the amount of time that you spend on Darkwing. Did you expect it to take all of your free as much time as it does? I probably didn't expect it to take. This is this is the nature of programming. It always takes long. Even 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 the fact that I'm doing it for well, I'm programming for over 25 years now. And I still misjudge how much time things are going to take. Uh, it's the nature of it. So no, I didn't expect it to take as much time. It is a bit of a strain in some ways. Although, f- I have to say, a four-year-old and a six-year-old are very good at demanding your time. They don't take no for an answer. My wife is very accommodating. And in fact, other than a few select other people, she probably knows the game better than anybody. A, a behind-the-scenes person who actually has had a big influence on the concepts of the game would be my wife. I discuss it with her and annoy her with it quite a lot. <laughs> no, sorry to laugh, but that I can I can relate to that. Yeah, in fact, she was she was involved in the very she was one of the racers in the very first Alpha trial that we did way back on St Patrick's Day, two thousand and six. JD, you have any more questions for Sam before we? I think we've uh, done the whole list. All right, now Sam, before we let you go, you know we can't let you go before we uh, at least um, hit you with the really good stuff now these aren't particularly questions I like to do a a speed round of sorts I'm going to name two different things within Darkwind Uh, for example uh, uh, one of the things I'm going to name is I'm going to say Elm or Somerset and I'd like Mm -hmm. you to to tell us uh, which one you prefer you don't don't have to explain why uh, unless you want to Unless you you don't have to explain why unless you want. Okay. Big pickup or Apache? I've never had a big pickup. <laughs> I prefer Apache because they look better. <laughs> wow. Gatling gun or rocket launcher? Rocket launcher. Explosions are cool. I love the bounce effect. I love the the way you knock somebody back. Gateway or Badlands? Gateway. The single best map that Vic has made is Gates of Gateway. It's a piece of art. Elm or Somerset? I prefer Somerset. Arena combat or death race? That's a difficult one. I've spent time thinking one is better or the other is better. I like both of them. And that's all I have. Okay, cool. JD? I didn't have anything else to add. That was quite eloquent. This whole this whole session has been an honor for me, Sam. I very much appreciate the time you've taken to to join us on this question and answer series. Once again, I totally concur with JD. It's it's been a, it's been my pleasure to finally speak with you, Sam. Considering I spent so much time playing a game that you've uh, you've developed along with Vic. Likewise, Task. It's it's been great talking to you. Um, the, the questions were actually good. They they ran they ran the whole range from being very specific to being utterly philosophical. We can thank Lugo for that as much as anyone. And uh, yeah, very very interesting set of questions. So. Uh, Thank you both very much, and pleasure talking to you. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'll see you out there in the wilderness. This is Task Masterpiece of the Thug Matrix. And J.D. Basher of the Gear Jammers. 
and Sam of Clarenbridge Crushers. Thank you for this. Bye bye.